Welcome to Worship at Emmaus. I invite you to worship with us today. And we praise God for each new day. And we are thankful for each one of you that have chosen to join us for this time of worship, wherever you happen to be. I would like to ask you a question today. Where do you go in time of need? And who do you turn for? Who do you turn to when you need comfort? In John 14, verses 15 through 17, which is part of the text that Pastor Kevin will be sharing from today. In this text, Jesus Christ himself promises the Holy Spirit to all those who love Jesus and keep his commandments. Comforter, counselor, helper, the spirit of truth. These are all words that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who was provided by God for us to abide in us always. As a believer and follower of Christ, you are never alone. The Comforter, the Helper, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit Himself abides in you and in all believers, and He will sustain you through all of the trials and temptations and tribulations of life. Please join with us as we continue in this time of worship together.
return in power to reign. Heaven and earth will join to say, oh, praise Him. Breath 
till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. Now the stars will truth of old, shall not kneel, shall not fade. By His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. it goes without saying that we are dealing with a dangerous disease at this time in our society in our our lives that's dangerous because people have it without realizing it they pass it on to others without realizing that they are also infecting someone it's dangerous because people are dying without a cure but The disease that I'm talking about is not COVID-19. It's the disease of sin. And it is causing people to be isolated. It's causing people to be separated from God. It's causing people to have a casual or careless attitude about life. They're not seeking the cure. And the cure is Jesus. But more than just a cure, we are infected with a sinful nature that affects all of us for all of our lives. And the Lord Jesus has given us a gift in the Holy Spirit to combat that illness. I would like to look today at God's word from John chapter 14. Because there is a a cure for this illness of sin. And there is a, an assistant that will come alongside of us to battle this disease. If we could look today at John chapter 14, I'm going to read from 15 to 17, and then 25 to 27. Reading in Jesus' name. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Verse 25. 
These things I have spoken while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you would apply this to our lives. We are in the middle of turmoil in our society, in our, and we are needing you, Lord. We need you to break into our lives and to reveal your word to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this text that we're looking at today describes the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's a topic that we don't often talk about in the Lutheran Church. I'm just excited about the Holy Spirit because he is the one that lives with us, works with us, speaks to us, teaches us through all of our days, every day. And really, you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to combat this sinful nature that is a part of you. There are different symptoms of this sickness of sin. I'd like to look at three of those symptoms. And the, the first one is separation from God. Second, a blindness to his word. And third, turmoil in our lives. Those are symptoms of a greater problem, and that is a sinful nature within. So beginning in uh, the first part of this text, verse 16 and 17, it says, he is our helper. Uh, I will, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will send another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Some versions use the word counselor, but it's a picture of, of the Holy Spirit and its his work in our lives. Sometimes we act like we can handle everything on our own. We make all of our own decisions. And yet, if we are to be honest, we really need the Holy Spirit to direct our attention back to God, to point us in the direction of, uh, of God, of, of seeking the Lord, to keep our eyes on Jesus. His promise in this text here is that he will be with us forever. That's one of the promises that I, I treasure from God's word. I, I will never leave you, never forsake you. And here it is repeated again in a different type of a description. I will be with you to forever. You know, sometimes we feel close to God. Sometimes he feels like he's far away. But have you ever stopped to realize that God is not the one that's moving? That's us. We are the one that are running away from him, turning our back on him. And the Holy Spirit will come into the life of the believer and turn our gaze, turn our focus back on the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who puts a desire into our hearts to know God and to seek him. He reminds us that we're not alone in answer to this very promise of God. 
And it continues in verse 17. It describes the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. We have many voices in our heads. We have things that are telling us to follow this way, to go that way. For example, think of the the spirit of guilt. You should do this. You should do that. I should, and we pile on the burdens of what we should or should not do. Or the spirit of greed, that I really want that, or you should get this. The commercials in our society just overflow with this voice from the spirit of greed. Or the spirit of pleasure. If it feels good, do it. Things that you want, oh, it's, it is so satisfying. All of it coming down to a spirit of self-centeredness. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. It's in direct contrast to this spirit that is surrounding us in the world from all of these various other smaller spirits that are speaking to us. The Holy Spirit reveals what is good and right and true. He can help us recognize what is false. And the reason that he can do that, he can speak into our lives, is because he's in the life of the believer. Uh, For the life of the unbeliever, he convicts of sin and of judgment and of eternity. But for for the believer, he speaks into our lives. He can reveal truth. Uh, Romans 8.27 describes uh, a bit of the Spirit's work into our lives. It says, And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Again, a picture of the Holy Spirit and the life of the believer and the work of in the believer. First uh, Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, it says, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another knowledge, to according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the ability to to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. These are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Those are all a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, giving us the ability beyond what we would naturally in and of ourselves have. And those are gifts that come drawing us back to God, pointing us to Jesus, and keeping us in relationship to Christ. Another aspect of the Holy Spirit's work is that of a teacher. The Holy Spirit can combat the blindness that we have to the Word of God because he's our teacher. In verse 25 and 26, it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Uh, maybe we don't recognize the blindness to God's word that is a part of our very existence. We uh, even, our, our nature and our, our society, everything says that if you need to learn something, you take a class and you can watch a video online and you can study any class, any topic you want. You can how-to almost anything on YouTube and it will bring up a video of how actually to do that. But the promise here is that God is the one that is the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the one that is teaching us. You know, even in the church, we do the same thing. We have Bible studies. We have uh, small groups. And we look to those as opportunities to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of God's Word. But we can learn. There's many things of knowledge that we can grow in. But growing in knowledge is not the same as the revelation of God's will and his heart and the understanding of God. That is not going to happen through intellect alone, through knowledge alone. It is the work of the Spirit of God speaking into our hearts, teaching us. It's been fascinating for me as I get to travel and teach in various countries. I was in Malawi last, um, last October, was teaching a class of uh, prison chaplains. And so I was teaching them a method of study so that they could continue studying on their own. It's called the oral style of teaching. And as I'm going through, I'm, I'm sharing a story, a very simple story, the, the little children coming to Jesus. And the, the prison chaplains were very engaged in all of the training that we had been having and they were enjoying the time. And as I'm sharing this story, I'm asking them questions, questions like, who were the ones bringing the children to Jesus? What do we know about them? How can we, what can we learn from them as they bring the children to Jesus? What do we see in the disciples as they reject or rebuke those who are bringing the children? Uh, is this story only about children? Is it about more than that? Um, why would the disciples, those who are following Jesus, turn somebody away from Christ? And then how can we be like those who are bringing people to Jesus? And are we ever the obstacle for someone coming to Christ? As I'm asking these various questions, the room continues to get more and more silent, more contemplative, less engaged. And I was puzzled by that. I asked one of the leaders during a break, what is the reason? Why did they stop interacting as much as they were previously? And he said, they were all convicted that they had been the obstacle for prisoners coming to faith in Christ. They had the attitude prisoners were not worthy of faith in Jesus. And so they had been the obstacle for someone coming to trust in Christ. That was astonishing to me because I never mentioned anything about their personal lives or, or their occupation or anything. 
But the Holy Spirit did. And as a room together, he had taught them uh, an important principle that everyone is welcome to come to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals to us the heart of God, his word, his plan. And that's far beyond the exchange of knowledge about the Bible. He reveals our sin, he convicts us, and he shows us our need for change. We can't understand the mind of God on our own, but the Holy Spirit will reveal him to us. Reveal that to us. We can't follow God's plan on our own, but the Holy Spirit will guide us in the path. The third symptom of this sinful nature is the turmoil in our lives. As we look around our society, we see turmoil surrounding us. It seems like it's everywhere. There is uh, turmoil over disease, over politics, over faith, over justice, over anarchy, over our history. And so it might be a natural question to ask, how can the Holy Spirit bring peace into the turmoil? Look at, let's look at verses 27 in this text. It says, Peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The verse says, not as the world gives. See, the world tries to give us a sense of peace. It will give us opportunities for quiet or meditation It might try and control a situation or a circumstance and bring about peace through control. Or it might offer safe places, safe zones. But those are all external examples of peace. Because a a quiet environment can still be filled with anxiety. Or a controlled environment can still be filled with tension. Or a safe place might be filled with emptiness and loneliness. Those are not internal experiences of peace. But the Holy Spirit gives a different kind of peace. The Hebrew word for that is shalom. Shalom is a beautiful word. It describes more than just uh, a peace. It talks about completeness wholeness, rest. It's not the absence of noise, but rather an internal relationship with God. It's an internal peace, one that doesn't depend on the situation or circumstances. It's a peace that comes from trust and confidence in God. A trust that is beyond the things of this world. Because the Holy Spirit brings us into that relationship with the one who is in charge of everything around us. God is not far and distant. He is near 
and concerned. He's caring. He's loving. He's strong. He's, he's in control. He can give you an inner peace even when there's chaos. Because even if things are out of our control, they're not out of his control. The word of God says here, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Those are bold statements. How can that be possible? Why does he say that? Because your worries will not change any situation that you're facing. But God can, and he does. Your fear can't stop something from happening or not happening. But God can, and he does. Worries will rob your peace, but the Holy Spirit gives peace. Fears can paralyze you, but the Holy Spirit gives you freedom. I like uh, the description of how this is portrayed in Philippians. Paul is writing from prison, and he writes this letter that is described as a letter of joy. And this is what he says in the middle of his prison imprisonment. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 5. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That inner peace in the midst of prison, a completeness, a rest, begins with a peace between us and God. When our things are right between us and the Lord, then the concerns of the world really don't seem quite as large in comparison to how powerful God is. And that carries over to the peace that we have as we interact with other people. When people say or do something that might be hurtful or threatening, it describes the turmoil in their own heart more than it does the topic they're discussing. When you see unrest all around you, you can know that those people are filled with turmoil and they don't know that peace of God. But the Holy Spirit can give you a love and an understanding and a compassion for those who are filled with the turmoil. Ephesians 5.19 describes a bit of that. It says, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, I, I know a few people that do just exude that uh, melody and part of their countenance. And when they greet people, they actually sound 
melodious in a in a sense and you might be thinking all of this seems distant and abstract let me give you a, a real practical example from last uh, be Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. This last Wednesday at 3 a.m., there was a missionary family that we support that was robbed at gunpoint. They were all ushered into a room, and the rest of the house was ransacked looking for electronics and money. And so as of the recording, I don't know the details of it, except that I know the family and I know their response even in the midst of this situation because they've gone through so many situations already in their past. And their response has been very much like this. The trials that they have been through have drawn them closer to God. In the midst of the uncertainty, they have trusted the Holy Spirit to be their teacher to bring to remembrance God's word and his promises that he will never leave you, never forsake you. And they will find peace in the middle of the turmoil. Uh, Shortly before the recording here, I got a message that a large community of their neighbors came together to encourage them and condemn them. So one person might have or a few people might have caused an injury or a harm or an attack. But that's not the end of the story because God is the one that is in control. And I would encourage you today for two things. One is you need Jesus in your heart. And when you have Jesus in your heart, then you need to allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign and control over your life. Because in the Holy Spirit, we are brought close to God. In the Holy Spirit, he shows us truth and discerns what is right and wrong. When we have the Holy Spirit, he opens our minds to understand and to receive God's word, that we can, we can look beyond the things of this world and he brings to our mind, or he reminds us of the things that are uh, written, the promises that are written. And last, he brings peace into our lives. I pray that for you, my dear friends, that your lives would be filled with peace in the midst of turmoil that they would see the Holy Spirit exuding from your life. And I would encourage you to join with me in prayer as, we, as I lead us the close of this message here. Almighty God, we thank you for who you are. You are far beyond us. We can't even comprehend all of who you are. And yet we look to you with hope and faith that you will transform us as we ask. Lord, there are people here listening who have not put their trust in you, and I pray that you would be convicting them of their need for you, Jesus, 
and that they would be putting their faith in you. They would be recognizing that this world doesn't offer anything of lasting value, but Jesus, you offer all of eternity ahead of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would be putting your spirit into the lives and motivating those who are are seeking you to recognize the Spirit's work in their lives and to turn to the Holy Spirit and trusting in Him. Because it is you that transforms our lives from the inside out. And we can combat this sickness of sin, sinful nature, because of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Glorious cause, O oh God, engages our hearts. May Jesus Christ be known wherever we are. We ask not for ourselves, for your
was just reading my Bible. Let me read what I was reading for you. I was reading Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A city, on a, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, Jesus kind of said some confusing things in this passage. In Matthew 5, 14, he said, You are the light of the world. What does that even mean? Does he want us to be like flashlights? I don't really know how to do that. Do you? Hmm. No, that can't be what he means. Hmm. Oh, I think I know. I got it. He wants us to share his love and his message of peace with others. Kind of like when we were talking about loving your neighbors a couple weeks ago. We would like to always show this love and peace to others, right? I know I sure do. But sometimes we mess things up very often and very easily, don't we? If you don't, you have to let me in on your secret. Whoa, that flashlight from last week? Hmm. It's kind of like, we're kind of like this flashlight. Wait. Can you guys, that's not working. What's going on? Why isn't this working? Come on. Hmm. Let's just check the batteries. Wait a second. This doesn't belong in here. What? How did these get in here? Hmm. Let's try it with the batteries and see how it works. Alright, so I've got the batteries in. What? It worked! Great! Now, it's kind of like that light from the Bible verse we were talking about where it said, You are the light of the earth. These dirty rags are sort of like our sins. And when they fill us, we aren't able to shed any light. Just like when they were in the flashlight, the flashlight was, the flashlight was useless. Ever since sin entered the world back in Genesis, sin has become natural to us humans. And it's very easy between school and friends, neighborhoods, even our siblings, and many other things to do the wrong things. Before long, we can't shine at all because we're so filled up with the wrong things. When this happens, we need to confess our sins before God so that he can forgive us. And when, we can, when God takes our sins, then he can fill us with his spirit, which is kind of like the batteries in this example. And when we are filled with his spirit, then we are able to shine like a light. Jesus said that we are like a city set on a hill with our light. It cannot be hidden. And you don't put a light under a basket to try to hide it. Verse 16 said, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to, our, our, to your Father who is in heaven. Whoa, that's awesome, isn't it? When we pray for forgiveness and we have a relationship with God, we're able to shine for Jesus. We can show his love and peace to others. That's awesome, and that's something I definitely want to do. And I hope you guys want to do that too. I hope you guys feel encouraged to go and shine your light for Jesus with others today. Um, now, if you guys want to pray with me again, you can um, fold your hands and bow your heads. Father, I pray that you would help us this week to always confess our sins to you. I know that it can be hard to do sometimes, but Lord, we know that you already know us and you already know our sin. Lord, I pray that you would just take these rags away from us. We don't want to live in sin. Lord, please make us clean. 
Then fill us with your light and help us to remember that others are counting on us to be a light so that they can also know you. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, that's all I have for this week's Sunday School lesson. But I hope to see you guys tonight at the um, drive-in service at the church so you guys can um, come worship with us and you guys can receive your VBS bags for VBS this coming week. I hope you guys are excited as I am for this. It's going to be awesome. All right, I'll see you, hopefully see you guys tonight. says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace is something that we seek. Our soul longs for peace. The true peace spoken of in this verse is not found in the things of this world, but by reconciliation with God secured through Christ's death and resurrection. See, life can be a struggle, and we need help to navigate through each new day. God provides the help we need, and in fact, He has provided every believer with the Holy Spirit, our helper, our counselor, the spirit of truth, to lead us and guide us to the truth that is found in God and through His Word. Seek not peace or satisfaction through the things of this world, but seek true peace through God. Receive the benediction from Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.